You're listening to the Cornerstone Family Worship Center podcast. Making disciples, building community, and growing together in faith and love. to the word of the Lord today, and uh, the message this morning is renewed strength for those who wait. Amen. Renewed strength for those who wait. Let us ask God's blessing upon this message this morning. Lord, we know that your word is anointed, so we don't have to ask you to anoint your word. We know that we're anointed by your Holy Spirit. You live and abide within us, and that anointing is our teacher. But Lord, we ask that somehow, according to your uh, wondrous ways of working in our life, that you'll mix the faith of our heart with the anointing of that word and the anointing in our spirit to be able to receive from you, and that when we walk out of this place today, we will have been edified, built up, and encouraged by your word. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, hallelujah. Renewed strength for those who wait. Uh, We're going to read from Isaiah chapter 40. That's where we're going to draw our text from today. Uh, In the first 39 chapters of Isaiah, it has to do with God's judgment of Israel because of their sin and because uh, they turned their backs on him and he allowed them to go into captivity and and so uh, those first 39 chapters has to do with a lot of, uh, a lot of that, the judgment of, uh, of God upon Israel. And then beginning in the 40th chapter through the rest of the book of Isaiah, he speaks more of the forgiveness of their sins and restoration. Everybody say restoration. Restoration, restoration is a good thing. That's when God renews Uh, something that has been, amen? So the rest of that book talks about uh, much of the forgiveness of God uh, 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 over Israel and their sins and restoration, including his plan for Israel in the end times. How many of you believe that we may be getting close to what is called the end times? Amen. We don't set dates here, but God did tell us in his word that that this is not going to come upon us Uh, in a way that we are unaware of what's going on. So he's going to give us signs and seasons and things to watch for along the way. So we don't set dates on when the Lord might return. But I believe that most Christians who read their Bibles uh, would admit and and confess that the days that that we're living in right now seem pretty strange. Amen? Some strange times. And that when we look according to the word of God, uh, it looks like we could be nearing those end days. Amen. So chapter 40 starts out with the words, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, says the Lord. 
Then God speaks through Isaiah uh, to remind his people who it is that is their God. Amen? <laughs> so I'm not going to read this whole chapter. I want to get to the text that we're going to draw from today. But, but he speaks of his creative power. If you look through that uh, chapter, you might want to study it this, uh, uh, this week on your own. Read through it. <clears throat> but he speaks of his creative power that he has stretched out the stars and the heavens like a curtain. Uh, he calculates even the very dust of the earth. Who, who can know that but God Almighty? The dust of the earth. And where did we come from? The dust of the earth. And he's the one who can calculate all of that. His wisdom is above all other wisdom. God has graced man and mankind with certain wisdom, but there's no one that can top or come close to the wisdom of God. So his wisdom is above all other wisdom. Uh, no one has ever been his counselor. God has never had to go to someone else and say, what do I need to do about this? He doesn't have to do that. He is the great counselor. Amen? Uh, no one has ever instructed him because he is almighty God. Amen? Isaiah also revealed something about God that he could not have known except through divine revelation. This is one that you might want to underline in your Bible if you haven't already done so. Look at verses 21 and 22 in that chapter as we, <clears throat> as we get into the word here in just a moment. The Lord says through Isaiah, Have you not known? Have you not heard? Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, that stretches out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. You can underline that in your Bible. And when you're talking to people, it's just one of those scriptures that you can answer with when they say, what makes you think that the Bible is the word of God? This is one of those scriptures that validates that something different, there is something different about this book and something unique about it. This is just one of the hundreds of prophecies in the scripture or uh, predictions or foretelling or things that God spoke through men that they could not possibly know without his divine revelation. <clears throat> I want to read to you a little excerpt of uh, David Gusick's uh, commentary on this verse. He says, Every once in a while, unlearned critics talk as if Bible-believing people are members of the Flat Earth Society. People so out of touch with real science that they still insist the Earth is flat. In response, we should be reminded that Augustine, perhaps the greatest of the church fathers who lived about a thousand years before Columbus, professed that the earth was round, not flat. As well, in the 13th century, Thomas Aquinas, 
the most profound and prolific of medieval theologians observed that the spherical shape of the earth could be empirically demonstrated. In other words, without a doubt, scientifically, it could be demonstrated that the earth was a sphere, not flat. And he says, all they did was agree with Isaiah. It is he who sits above the circle of the earth. So before men ever had the ability to really know and be able to prove scientifically that the earth was round and not flat, God is speaking that through a man who had no way of knowing those things. That's awesome. That's, that is an awesome truth of the word of God right there. Amen. <clears throat> so then we're going to go down to verse 28. And in verse 28, he repeats those words, Have you not known? In other words, surely you have known. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. Amen. So the first thing that we're looking at today is that God does not faint or become weary. How many of you are glad of that? God, that's the God that we serve. He does not faint and he never becomes weary. He never, he is never depleted of his strength. He doesn't get tired. Amen. He doesn't get weary. He doesn't even get tired of us coming unto him. Isn't that a good thing? You know, because we can get worn down as human beings. You could help someone in your life, someone who's a family member or neighbor maybe or someone that you know. And they come to you and you help them. And it's not very long and they have to come to you again and you help them. And you help them and you help them and you help them. And you just keep on doing it because of the love and compassion that you have. But sometimes we got to admit, folks, we get weary of doing that. And there are some people who have finally just washed their hands even with a loved one or a relative, and they said, I can't do anything for you anymore. I've done all I can. But God is not like that. He doesn't weary. He doesn't get weary. I can come to him with my problems over and over and over again, and he stands steadfast, arms outstretched, and saying to me once again, yes, come, Michael, come. Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Amen. That's his promise. That's his promise to us. So, uh, so God does not faint and he never becomes weary. And then it says that his wisdom and his understanding is unsearchable. Amen. It's incomprehensible. It is more than we can fathom in our finite brain. Amen. God's wisdom. You know, God gives wisdom to people... Uh, uh, to, to do all kinds of things in the earth today. I love God's miraculous power to heal. Amen. Anybody that's ever been healed can say amen. amen. When God just touches your body and the sickness and the thing that the enemy has put upon you leaves you immediately and it is miraculous. Yeah. 
Man, when that happens, that is, that's fantastic. I love that. And so I think that Christians, the first thing we ought to do is not run to the medicine cabinet, but run to our God. But I also believe that God would have us to be healthy. And so I pray, pray, pray that this thing, whatever it is, goes away. And if it doesn't go away, I'm going to lean on the technology that he gave to mankind through his wisdom to help get me to place of feeling good. Amen. Of being healthy. Amen. I just said to the prayer room this morning, I, I said, pray for me. I'm getting a shot next week. Not a shot. A shot. In my hip. I, I, my hip, for some reason, last year, it just went wacky on me, and it was causing me a lot of pain. I mean, excruciating pain. And so I finally acquiesced uh, to my wife <laughs> and went to the doctor. You know, some of us guys have a hard time doing that, you know. But I went to the doc, and uh, the VA sent me over to the University of Michigan to the pain clinic. So I had to see a pain doctor, and... Uh, her name is Dr. Green, and uh, she set me up with a, with a shot, and I had to get this shot on November the 15th last year. Brother Gene took me there because you got to have somebody uh, to drive after this. And I walked in with a cane. I took it out with me because it was the cane I went in there with, but he can tell you, I could almost jump up and click my heels immediately. Immediately. It's kind of like one of those prayers that I said earlier. You pray and the miracle happens and it's gone away instantly. It's like, wow, that was awesome. And so when I went for the follow-up visit, I told Dr. Green, I said, Dr. Green, I said, I am loving Jesus and you. <laughs> I said, I'm giving credit where credit is due. I said, the Lord God is the healer, but he certainly used you. And whatever you did to my hip, I feel great. And I just want to give you credit. I, so I testified of the Lord Jesus Christ and his power, but I also thanked her that God gave her the technology to use to cause that to happen in me. Amen. His wisdom is beyond anything that we can think of. And so he's used a lot of technology today that he's given to men through his wisdom to help us to be whole, to help us to get feeling better. Amen. And it's a good thing. So his wisdom and his understanding are unsearchable. The wisdom of God can come on the scene <clears throat> when we don't know where to go. We don't know where to turn. We don't know what to do about this situation. But we can call upon him and he'll give wisdom for us to be able to get through that situation and to be able to go in the right direction. Thank God for that kind of wisdom. Amen? And so he's always there. And then his wisdom, like I said, is so it's incomprehensible. It's... Uh, we can't fathom it with our, with our little minds. Uh, but in Isaiah 55, verse 8, he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Glory to God. Amen? Awesome. He, his thoughts are far above yours, so even when you can't figure something out, he's already got a plan. We don't surprise God. He sees our life from the beginning of it to the end of it. He sees the whole panoramic view of everything you are and everything you ever shall be. 
And so we don't take him by surprise when we run into troubles. Oh, God, I got this trouble. And he goes, oh, gee, what am I going to do about that? And that's not God. He's already on the move, and his wisdom is unsearchable. Then in verse uh, 29, he says, he gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Hallelujah. He will increase our strength. He will replace our strength with his strength. He will replace our weakness with his strength. Amen. He gives power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increases strength. So he empowers the weak. Who are the weak? Who are the weak? Anybody here want to confess? Anybody here want to admit? Who are the weak? You are and I am. We are the weak. And he will give his strength to those who are weak. Uh, We can't even breathe without him. That's how weak we are. I love it when people, uh, you know, they hear that, that phrase that we are weak or we confess as Christians. We are weak, but he is strong. You know, they, they don't want any admission of any weakness whatsoever. But ask that person, where are you going to get your very next breath from? You're not making it up. God allows you to breathe. God gives that to you. So you are weak. You are weak and you need his strength. Amen. We can't even breathe without his power. Without him, we are nothing. Jesus told us that in case we didn't get it up until that point in time in his earthly ministry. If mankind didn't get it, Jesus put it there to us flat out. Without me, you can do nothing. Amen. Without him, we could do nothing. Uh, He has created everything that exists. And that's what Isaiah was saying in that, those earlier verses of this chapter. He's talking about God's uh, great creativity and his great power to create. So he has created everything that exists, and it's by his mighty power that it's all held together. Think about this. You and I sitting here right now, God holds together by his power. Every element, every molecule, every atom is being held together by the power of Almighty God. I'm not a scientist, but I've heard and read that uh, each atom has 15 pounds of pressure holding it together. Electrons, neutrons, protons. How's that, Gary? Am I doing good? All right. That's just from memory, too. (laughs) I don't, have it in my, I don't have it in my notes. Yeah, it was a long time ago. You're right. But all, those three things are held together by 15 pounds of pressure. Those are things that we can't even see with our eye. We can't, you know, uh, it's so small. And that pressure, that 15 pounds of pressure is coming from the Lord God Almighty himself. You say, is that biblical, Pastor Mike? It sure is. Write this down because I don't have it on the screen today. Colossians chapter 1, verse 17 says this. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. 
He was before all things. He created all things. And by him, all things even now at this moment consist. He holds it all together. I'm glad that I don't pray to a piece of wood. I'm glad that I don't pray to a, a, a stone statue somewhere. I'm glad that I'm praying not to the unknown God, but to the God who has revealed himself through his word. And he is open to the cries of his people. He knows everything about you. He knows where you are right now. There's somebody in this place right now today who's going through something, guaranteed. We only have to be in a group of five or six people be, uh, to be able to make that statement. We're, you know what I mean? We all go through things. It might be a financial disaster. It might be a, a, a marital problem between a husband and a wife. It might be another family problem that's, that's uh, causing tension. But everybody goes through something at some point in time. Amen. But he will never fail us, and we can always call upon his name. And he's right there for you. He's not against you. Verse 30, he said, Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Even the strength of young men will eventually give out. Yeah. You know, from the time we're born, we begin to develop as little children, adolescents, young men and young women. And then we get to a peak in our life. And it, it, you see this in all sports. Uh, a, a guy who's, who hits so many home runs in his career, and he holds the record until someone else comes, and the record is broken. Amen. And that guy's hitting begins to go downhill. Golfers, same way. A lot of the commentators today say that uh, Tiger Woods is the greatest golfer ever. Now, they've said that about many, many other people before him. But he came along. He broke records. But I guarantee you, he will be at his peak somewhere along the line and it will go downhill from there. So even the young, strenuous, uh, strong, uh, athletic type people, uh, they'll hit their maximum somewhere along the line. And so he says, even the young men will faint, count on it, but not so with God's strength. So even in the athletes, uh, we see them, their peak performance, and then it's downhill from there. Amen. And although they may not be able to regain that physical strength, spiritually speaking, they can renew their strength. Amen? And that's, that's what I think that we can take from this verse of Scripture more than anything else. And I, and I claim it even in my physical body, and I hope that you do the same that God will renew me, restore me, uh, give to me health in my body again. But the fact of the matter is this, church, we are getting older and we are, uh, our body is somewhere along the line, it's going to break down. Now, it doesn't mean that we have to go to our grave coughing, in pain, and all of that, but there's a certain physical aspect of 
getting old where you can't do certain things that you used to do. Amen. But spiritually speaking, you can be strengthened with the power of God Almighty himself inside of you. Amen. And raise you up. I was thinking of Billy Graham, uh, who lived a spiritually strong life right up until his death. Almost 100 years old. He almost made it to 100 years old. He, he died in that last year before he became 100. I don't know if Billy Graham was a golfer or not. Was he, Brother Don? Did he, did he golf? Pretty good golfer. But I can guarantee you that Billy wasn't out there swinging no golf club in that week that he passed away. But his strength, God gave him strength right straight up until the time that he brought him home to glory. Amen. And that's a renewed strength that a man like him and a man like you and a woman like you today can have every single day of our life that God will give to us strength to overcome, strength to endure, and he will renew the strength of a young person. Uh, spiritually, at the very least, spiritually, uh, that is a truth. <clears throat> he says in verse 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Shall. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. There is a spiritual strength given to those who wait upon God. Amen. And that's what I'm saying this morning. For those who will wait upon God, he will renew your strength. The title of the message, Renewed Strength for Those Who Will Wait. Renewed strength for those who wait. Amen. So there is strength given to those who wait upon God, not from a passive, when we read that, they that wait upon the Lord. It's not talking about a passive sit-around-wait kind of a thing. Oh, I'm waiting to be renewed. But it's an active pursuit of God. It's, it's someone who seeks after God. There's a place, uh, a secret place, if you will. The Bible speaks of a secret place. Uh, it's not a secret to you and I any longer. God has revealed that we are able to come into the Holy of Holies and be in his presence day by day, moment by moment, hour by hour. We don't have to go up onto a mountain to meet with God. We don't even have to be in this church building to meet with God. Amen. Amen. He is wherever I go. He is wherever you go. And he will meet with us and we can talk with him and speak with him. Amen. But it, uh, they that uh, wait upon the Lord are those who actively pursue God and his strength. There's a strength for those who will seek him. That's what it's saying. They that will seek him. They that wait upon the Lord. In the fullness, uh, in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. Amen. You need your joy restored? You're going through the fire? You're going through the trials? You're going through situations in this world that are bringing you down and pressing hard upon you? You must go into the presence of the Lord. Sit before his presence and he will restore your joy. He will let you know deep inside once again. He'll do it over and over again. I'm here for you. I'm here with you. 
I'm in this thing with you. I'm in this battle with you. You're going to become, uh, you're going to be victorious. You're going to get through this thing. God will come alongside of you and allow you to know those things. And it doesn't matter what it is in this life that we are going through. God will be your strength. When I say the joy of the Lord, I'm not talking about that you'll be tap dancing necessarily. But there will be a deep thing inside of you, a calm assurance that will let you know God is walking this thing through with you. Amen. And that's, you can't buy that. You can't buy that with money. You get that by pursuing God. You get that by drawing near to the Lord. Amen. And coming into his presence. So if you're going through uh, one of those things, you need to sit in his presence. You need to seek him. We don't have to be in a stupor for very long seasons of time at all. God will show up if we'll show up in the prayer closet. If we'll show up with him, seeking his face, there will be an answer because he's all wise and he will share that wisdom with us. There will be strength for the battle because he will renew your strength. I love that word, renew. means to be made new again. Renew, revitalize, revive, restore. Amen? Rejuvenate. All, the, all of those words, praise God. God is willing to do for you and me when we come into his presence. So it's not passively sitting around waiting for the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord. No, they that wait upon the Lord, those who press in, they will mount up with wings like an eagle. I just looked up a couple of things about the bald eagle, and there are various uh, kinds of eagle, but the bald eagle is one that we're probably most familiar with, but they have a wingspan of 7.5 feet. Seven and a half feet long, a wingspan. Wow. And they soar about 10,000 feet above the earth. You know what planes fly? I think something like 14,000 to 28,000 feet, somewhere in there, a plane flies. Amen. But an eagle flies at 10,000 feet above the earth. And, and he's not up there flapping his wings. He's soaring. He's gliding. The only, the only thing that he does is flaps his wings to get off the ground, kind of like a, an airplane. The, a lot of that thrust is right there at takeoff to push that plane and to get it up, but then once it gets up to that place where it can level off and they're at 14,000 feet up there and the, uh, the, the air is lighter and everything else like that, they put it in cruise control and they click the button and say, you can unfasten your seatbelts now and move around a little bit if you want to because that plane's just going to go. And that's what that eagle is doing up there. And he's soaring. And he'll come down, and just by catching another current of wind, he'll go back up. He's not flapping his wings. He's just floating, as it were. And so he says, those who will seek the Lord, those who will wait upon the Lord, uh, will be like the eagle. In other words, we will soar with God above our situations. Above our problems. Amen. Are we still going to be going through it at that time? Yes, we will. But I'll tell you what, I, I, I 
I like it a lot better when I'm in cruise control. I like it a lot better when I'm able to just say, okay, we're just gliding now. Everything's good. You know, with an airplane, you may hit even a little bit of turbulence from time to time, just suddenly. That'll happen in your life and in my life as well. I imagine the, the eagle may run into that from time to time as well. I don't know. It's a scary thing if you're flying on a plane. I just saw, I don't know if any of you saw the uh, little uh, uh, turbulence that was on a flight lately and somebody had their uh, cell phone on. And I mean, it was, it was huge. There were people flying around literally in that cabin, boom, 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 bouncing all over the place. A few people got hurt, but nobody got hurt seriously. But that's what can happen if you suddenly hit some turbulence. We'll hit turbulence in our life. But we're still flying up there with the eagles. Amen. We're still soaring. God's still taking us through. Amen. Uh, your boat might get rocked. Your airplane might get rocked a little bit, but God's, God's in control. Amen. As we wait upon God, as we go to him in prayer, as we seek his face, we may not fly through the air like the eagle, but we can rise above our difficulties. We can rise just in having the proper attitude towards God and towards our brothers and sisters and towards strangers even in the world that we do not know. By having the proper attitude, you can be above the situation. How about that? You, you cannot be offended. Amen. You can live in such a place that, it, that, that people don't offend you. It's, it bounces off of you. People come against you and you say, praise God, bless God. It's in God's hands. He's, he's in control. Amen. That's why the Lord even says, vengeance belongs to me, says the Lord. Don't you, don't you worry about retaliating. Get your hands off of that situation. Just, just soar with God. Just live above it. Just not, not allow yourself to be affected by it. It has to do with our attitude, adjusting our attitude, adjusting how we think, how we think about God, how he thinks about us, how he cares for you and how he cares for me. So we may not fly through the air like an, like an eagle does, but we can rise above our difficulties and rise above our situations, uh, we will be above and not beneath. You will be the head and not the tail. You'll be blessed going in and you'll be blessed coming out. Amen? That's God's promises to his children. Amen? One Christian one time asked another Christian how it was going. He says, oh, okay, under the circumstances. And the first guy said, what are you doing under there? Hey, come on, Christian brother. What are you doing under there? Get up out of there. Amen. And that's the way it is. Sometimes we take on that same kind of attitude. Someone says, how you doing, brother? Oh, well, I'm doing good. Bless God. I'm doing as well as I can be under this difficulty, under these circumstances. Well, circumstances were not made to to be above you. You were made to be above circumstances. Amen. You can't make them disappear, but you can live above them. Amen. You can't make them go away just by waving a magic wand and say, hey, go away, go away, go away. 
I want my bad circumstances just to go away. But no, the Lord says you can soar like an eagle. If you'll wait in my presence, wait upon me, I'm going to let you know that you're going to soar like an eagle. You'll be down in situation. You'll be above them and not below them. Amen. What are you doing under there? Man, it's a good thing to remind each other, isn't it? Hey, we should take that little, we should take that little illustration uh, to heart. And we should, not, not to be critical of each other, but man, I, I, I want to be, be kept in check. I, I want my mind to be thinking right. And sometimes it's not thinking right. And, and I'm the guy that might say, well, under, well, this hip, bless God, is, you know. Come on. I'm susceptible. Mary tells me, shut up all the time. She says, well, not that way, but you, quit your complaining. Quit your belly aching. You tell me to stand up straight. <laughs> Come on, you guys that were in the prayer room today, and when I walked out, she said, boy, you look handsome. I said, well, thank you. She said, stand up straight. <laughs> I said, you don't know how much this hurts to stand up straight. Amen. So I'm prone to complain. I, I know what that's like, but I wouldn't get offended at all if I said, oh, and you say, hey, brother, what are you doing under there? My attitude, my attitude can change the way that I answer that question. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine, thank you. <laughs> I'm alive. Amen. Amen. You know, somebody says, hey, it's good to see you, brother. And your response is, yeah, it's good to be seen. <laughs> Amen. You're above the earth and not, not in a grave somewhere. Hallelujah. Amen. You're still going at it. I got a couple of scriptures. I'm going to close, but I got a couple of scriptures you should write down because I didn't, I didn't get them up there to, to Gary in enough time, but... Uh, Psalm 27, verse 13, you should write this down. Where the psalmist says here, I would have fainted. I'm paraphrasing it if you're reading from the King James. I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In other words, he was under pressure. Enemies coming against him. His life is being threatened. He's hiding out here and hiding out there. And all hell has been breaking loose upon him. And he said, I would have fainted. I would have been done in. I would have succumbed to all of that pressure unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. One more day. Hallelujah. One more time. Get through one more situation. One more circumstance. I'm not under it. I'm above it. Amen. I would have fainted if I had not thought about seeing the goodness of the Lord once again. Verse 14 says, wait on the Lord. There's the key. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait I say on the Lord. See, uh, it's reiterated even in that same, that, just that one verse. Wait on the Lord 
and be of good courage. He will strengthen your heart. Wait again. I say wait on the Lord. Oh, I've been praying for this, Brother Mike, for such a long time. How much longer should I pray? Keep waiting on the Lord. Your strength is going to come from him. It's not going to come from any other, any other area or any other uh, source in this world. It's going to come from him and him alone. So you can wait and wait and wait, and if you're not seeing what you, what you think you ought to be seeing by now, you, you can be tempted to start looking in other directions, but I'm telling you, the strength is going to come only from the Lord. So you'll wait on the Lord. You pursue the Lord. You seek the Lord. You stay with the Lord. So many people withdraw themselves from God in their times of struggle instead of pressing in to where he is. Those are lessons we need to learn, church. Psalm 62, verse 5. My soul, David was known to speak to his soul. Amen? Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. He talked to himself. He encouraged himself in the Lord because he goes through struggles just like we do. And sometimes we have to talk to ourselves. And so in 62 verse 5, he says, My soul, wait thou only upon God. For my expectation is from him. My hope is in him. My confidence is in him. I love you all, and I know that I can trust all of you to a certain point. You might be able to trust me to a certain point, but we can trust him totally. Totally. Wait only upon God, for my expectation is from him. My hope is in him and in him alone. Last verse I want to share with you, and then we'll close. Psalm 40, verses 1 through 3. I love this psalm. And I think it describes most of our lives, hopefully, everybody in this room today. If not, it can be your testimony. But the psalmist says here, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. Oh my, 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 my. That is so awesome. Just that line right there. I waited on the Lord. I came to the Lord and he inclined unto me and he heard my cry. He, he leaned over, as it were, the banister of heaven <laughs> to hear me calling out unto his name, to hear me pray. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit. How many people in this world right now are living in a horrible pit? I was in a pit. You may have been in a pit. And if you're saved and born again today, you would confess and identify the fact that you were in the pit of sin, no matter what your sin was, and he picked you up and lifted you up out of that horrible pit. And so people are in a pit of despair and despondency today. People are in a pit uh, and they're struggling with their own sins. And he brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. And he set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. 
and he has put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and trust in the Lord. In other words, they'll stand in awe as I give praise unto God, as I glorify God. People will look at my life and look at your life and say, my, 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 what God has done in that woman. People who were beaten, abused as children and, and just became inward and, and never spoke to anyone or never, uh, could, could never get over that because that thing was just locked in their head. And then God set them free. And people look at that person now and they say, man, how in the world that ever happened? puts a new song in our mind. Praise to God. We're not singing the blues anymore. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm not singing the blues anymore. I'm singing his song. Hallelujah. Amen. And it's not just when we're here in the sanctuary. It's when we're out and about. Amen. Sing. Open up the windows of your car and sing unto the Lord. <laughs> Come on. Church, you know you pull up to the red light and the car next to you is boom, 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 The car's rocking and the person behind the wheel's shaking their hands and going all over the place. They're not praising God a lot of times. Sometimes they are. Our contemporary Christian music nowadays. I know the girls love it when I kick it on. They're in the back seat. But you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the secular group. They're, they're not afraid to praise their God. They're not afraid to be seen by you as they do their thing. Why should we, why should we be afraid to have them see us, hear us? Amen. Praising our God. God has put a new song in your mouth today, church. If you belong to him, if you're a Christian, God has put a new song in your mouth. And other people will see that song and they'll see that testimony and they will stand in awe of what God has done and is doing in your life. Be a witness. Amen. When you go outside of these doors today, you're going out into your harvest field. This is a great place to be restored, revitalized, refreshed, renewed. Amen. Great place for that. We ought to come together to do that. But when we leave this place, it's an opportunity to speak to the people of this world about Jesus.